right. Good evening, good evening. This is Larry C. Morris coming to you live from Fishbowl Radio Studios from Bedford, Texas, the big state of Texas. Um, I, I'm grateful that you're here today, and we're going to discuss the power of prayer and growing in your relationship in God. It is so important that you realize, you know, how to draw on prayer and relationship with the Father. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we love you. We thank you. God, you are so awesome. We thank you for a time just like this. We thank you for today. We thank you, Heavenly Father. And I just pray that everyone that hears will hear in their spirit and they will grow in a relationship, a powerful relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, thank you all for being here. You know, I talked a little bit about this last week, you know, but I just want to share about prayer being a relationship builder. It builds a relationship between you and God, which is so vitally important. We need to understand that prayer is not just to ask, ask, gimme, gimme, but it's also, you can also ask, but the second most powerful part of prayer is listening to what God has to say about what you have to say. You know, what is God saying to you so that when the prayer is completed, the third active part of prayer is your obedience and application to what God has said. You know, it's so important. Uh, it, it, people don't teach this, church doesn't teach this, but you have to understand is that God is speaking. He speaks through his word. He speaks through his relationship between you, his son, and the Holy Spirit, and the word, you know, and, and you, you, you know I really deal with this scripture, Matthew 6.6. 6. Matthew 6.6 6 says, but when you pray, not if, but when you pray. Jesus is letting us know that we are going to pray. Prayer is something. It is a life of the believer. It's part of your life. It's not something, well, I'll do it now. No, it is a life worth living, the power of prayer, okay? And it says, when you pray, enter into your closet, enter into that secret place. Now, we've used excuses. Well, I don't, I can't find a place, but I tell you, I'm going to talk about your part in prayer, your natural part to get into a supernatural heart of God, that natural part, which everyone needs, okay, so that you can get into the supernatural heart between, draw on that intimate relationship. So we say, he says, get into your most private room and shut the door. What he's talking about you know, have you ever prayed and all of a sudden some stuff come across your mind and you're like, where did that come from? I'll tell you, you know, Jesus said, John 10, 10, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. He does that. Anything Jesus on the outside, he comes and he affects your five senses. OK, he enters into that realm. But Jesus said he's come to give us that eternal life more abundantly. But inside of us, that's what we have, the eternal life, the intimately intimate life of God that's inside of us that gives us power and authority to shut down those five senses that the enemy attacks. OK, so you have to understand that is a process. It's a process. You know, that's why prayer is important. It's a process. Okay, it's a learned behavior about getting into that closet and shutting the door. And the rest of it says this here, and pray to your father, which is in secret. See, this is where we always need to be, okay? Our expectations every time we pray is to enter in to the secret place where the father is, that we can be in that intimate relationship with God. And then it says, and your father would seize what is done in secret will reward you openly. See, he's looking to see, number one, how is your heart? Is your heart receiving? 
Is your heart receiving what he has to say? And then are you applying what your heart is telling you to apply in that relationship? It's important. That's why prayer is so important. Okay. And we're going to deal with some natural things. Okay. That really we need. We need these things. You and I need these things. And we're going to talk about, you know, as uh, uh, your relationship grows and you, you have a desire, what part do you play? What part do you play? I'm talking to every believer has a part to play. Okay. In prayer. Every believer has a part to play. Okay, it's an act, it's an act of discipline. Here we are. We're going to talk about a little bit of discipline. It's an act of discipline, something that you practice. We have to practice this every day so that we can get it inside of us. Okay, so that nothing can hinder. You continue to practice and practice, and you'll see your growth, your maturity in God. Okay, so you know you got active disciplines of learned behavior. It's a behavior. Okay, we've learned so much stuff that takes away our intimate relationship with God, but now we have to get it back. In order to get it back, we have to be disciplined and we have to know, you know, the Bible tells us that your faith quenches all the fiery darts, that shield of faith. That is a discipline. That is a practice. You utilize your faith. The more you utilize your faith, you walk by faith and not by sight. Faith without works is dead. So then your shield gets bigger and bigger. And, and your maturity level is that when the darts come, it will quench, quench those darts. Why? Because you have the power and authority that Jesus Christ has given you. Okay? So it's important. It's a practice. One of the practices, knowing the word of God, studying, working the word. Know the word. It's for everybody. You listen, when you get saved and you start reading the word, you're accountable and responsible for the word of God for your very life. We leave it up to pastors, bishops, whoever. We No, they're accountable to God for themselves. You're accountable to God for yourself. And what do you have to do? That means you have to study and know the word. But these are some things that I want you to really deal with. You know, you can jot them down. And, and and things that you really have to deal with, okay? But we deal with these things if we want a job, if we anything on the outside. Yeah, we begin to adhere to the specific behaviors and the instructions. But what about the word of God, which is powerful, which is our blueprint, our authority in this life? We have to do the same thing. And the first two, I will tell you, you we have to be purposeful. We have to want to do this on purpose, and we 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 ignite the purpose with passion. Passion. We have to be passionate and wanting to be in intimate relationship with God. So that means being purposeful and passionate. Put them together, okay? So that's that's part of your growth. That's part of your maturity. That's part of your discipline, okay? And it, again, it's a learned behavior. A lot of this stuff is not taught in church, but I want you to get it. I want you to get it so that once you get it, you can turn around and teach others how they can get it too. It is so important. The next one is to be intentional. Be intentional about what you want to do. You have, you're, you're purposeful. You have passion. Now you have to be intentional. You have to know, boom. I want God's will for my life. I want to be intentional about the things I do, the people I see, the people I allow in my circle. You have to be intentional with those things. And then once you're intentional, you have to be persistent. You have to be per persistent and consistent. Okay, you just can't be persistent one day and then wait till next week. It's an everyday. This is learned behavior. This is the discipline and the activity, everyday behavior that we have to accomplish every day. Why every day? Because the enemy is at you every day. He doesn't stop. That's his total job is to steer you away from Jesus Christ. 
Okay. The more he steers you, what he's doing is he's elevating sin so that it distracts you. But you have to understand having these learned behaviors draws you closer and closer and you practice it. It draws you closer and closer into your intimate relationship with God because it's a behavior that you're desiring to keep, that you're desiring to do. Okay. Now, the other thing is the power of your faith at work, okay? The power of your faith is at work. You utilize your faith. And see, what you have to understand, the Bible tells us that God has given each and every one of us a measure, the measure of faith. You have faith. Where does it come from? It comes from God. It is undefiled. It's between you and God, but you have to work out that faith. So in order to work out that faith, you have to be purposeful. You have to have the passion, intentional, persistent, and be consistent. Now, one of the greatest things about this relationship is utilizing your faith is two things, two things. Number one is obedience, obeying the word, obeying when you pray, you obey what you hear. You obey what you hear. And then as you obey what you hear, you apply what you hear. So see, it all comes together, okay? Because when you begin to hear the voice of God, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. See, that's obedience and application. Following Jesus takes obedience. It takes application, but it also takes being purposeful passionate, intentional, persistent, and being consistent, okay? Because, see, faith, huh, again, we say faith without works is dead, okay? So you have to begin to work your passion, work being purposeful, work being intentional, work being persistent, work being consistent. You cannot be a lazy Christian wanting God to bless you continually. It won't happen because when you're lazy, you're disobedient. So you have to work through this obedience, okay? Because the Bible tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. Not, you know, a lot of people crack down because, you know, they're praying, they're praying, and they, they want to see. But you have to understand, faith is believing and trusting in an awesome and sovereign God. Faith is not always what you see, but it's in whom you know. It's in whom you're in relationship with. Okay, that's the power of faith. That's the power of prayer. It's in whom you are in intimate relationship with. Okay, so that's one of the things we have to understand. So in that relationship, comes obedience, trust, and application. Obedience, trust, and application. It is so vitally important that we go this route because I want you to understand the power of prayer, the power. And, and you know, the reason why I'm teaching this is because here we are now coming up to elections and all of this political stuff, okay? You have a group here, you know, we have divided believers, we have divided the church, we have divided everything, okay? People say, well, I can't, I can't pray for this, I can't pray for these people here, I can't pray. See, we, we get caught up in the systems. We are to pray for people, not systems. Because the system's already broken. But in order to heal a system, it has to con uh, uh, be with transformed people, praying people, activated in the love of Jesus Christ and glorifying God in what they are doing. The application thereof. If we can't pray for people that are in systems, 
We pray for the, I'm sorry, we can't pray for the systems. We pray for the people that are in systems. And what we have to understand in order to pray for those people that are in systems, there is a strategic way to pray. Not God bless them and all of that. No, we have to first understand. See, this is why relationship is so important when you are individual prayer, because God will help you and the Holy Spirit will teach you how to pray for certain instances, and then he will talk to you about your prayers. God wants to talk to each and every one of us. This is why I'm going this route, so that everybody realizes that you can have a strong, powerful, intimate relationship with the Father. When we deal with the relationship, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to go and look at these words in Psalms 91 and in, in the book of John, a couple verses. Uh, we're we're going to deal with these. The first one we're going to deal with is Psalms 91. We're going to talk about the word abiding. Abiding. Abiding means I'm going to stay there a while. I'm going to rest there but it's going to be an activity, not a slumber, but an activity, abiding. I'm getting into the active relationship between me and God. Psalms 91, one and two. Psalms 91, one and two. It says, he who dwells, dwells, dwells in the secret place of the most high. See, you have the ability to dwell, that means to stay in the secret place, hidden from everything in God. You're in God. He hides you from the world, everything. You have the power. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, you can dwell, you can abide. See, that's relationship. Because someone asked me, how do you get prayer being a relationship? You pray the word. You're in relationship with the word. So that means you're in relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's where we need to be. That's where we need to pray from, a victorious relationship in the Godhead. And verse 2, I will say to the Lord, excuse me, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I will trust. See, that's relationship. That's relationship. Because in a relationship, you will say this. And not only will you say it, you will know it because of the relationship. It says, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. And in him, in him, I will trust. That's relationship. Okay? That's relationship inside between you and the Father. And it is so powerful, powerful. Now let's look at the book of John. Let's go to John and we're going to read some scriptures. Okay. John chapter 12. Let's go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And we're going to read verses 49 and 50. John chapter 12. Let me see where 40, yeah, 49 and 50. Here we are, we're dealing with Jesus Christ. Listen, listen to what he says in relationship to his father. Chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. It says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who has sent me gave me a command. He gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So there's a relationship between the Father and the Son. Whatever Jesus speaks, the Father has already spoken to him. Whatever Jesus does, the Father has do, do, does it through him. So you always hear me say this. Whatever Jesus 
tells us to do, whatever he tells us to do. You can bank on it. He's already done it and glorified God in it. So he speaks the truth because he is truth. His truth is in relationship with the Father. He is truth. The word is truth and is already settled in heaven. So you can't do anything. No one can do anything against the truth. Now let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Okay. Now the scriptures are long. And someone asked me, why do you read some? I read so many scriptures because I want you to get it. Just one verse may not get it, but I want to read the whole, get you into the power of reading and studying the word of God. And that's something that I missed today, but I'll reiterate it again. Always have pencil and paper. Always have pencil and paper. Always have pencil and paper and your Bible if someone's teaching you the word of God, because it's up to you to study the word, receive it. After it's all done, go back and study. Go over it. Let it resonate. Let the Holy Spirit put it in your heart so that you know that you can study the Word of God. And you study it to show yourself approved unto God, not anybody else, but unto God, so that you will never be ashamed of the Word, but you have the power and authority to rightly divide the Word of truth, okay? Because you need to know what's coming at you. Is it truth or is it something somebody else made up and they'll use scripture to verify it? The word of God is already settled in heaven. The word of God is alive and it is in you. It is part. Listen, the word of God is part of your purpose, your passion, your being intentional, persistent, and consistent. And the word of God is your faith. The application of the word of God strengthens your faith. Okay, so you need to know what what you're receiving. Is it true or is it false? You need to know and you study the word because there's going to be some help for you. But let's go back to John chapter 14, John chapter 14. And we're going to look at verses 11 to 21, verses 11 to 21. This is Jesus talking. I'm dealing with relationship uh, about prayer between you and the father. It says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. See, you, we, we need to believe and trust in the relationship between the Father and the Son. Okay, we need to know that. Verse 12, most assuredly I say unto you, he that believes in me, believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. See, God, Jesus has done some works, but yet understand something in this relationship. There are greater works that we will be able to do because of the relationship we have in God and in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And what better way to ignite And to grow in that relationship is the power of prayer, where you have an intimate relationship with the Father, and you can draw from that. You know, it's it's always good that you draw from that relationship because it's powerful. Verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, you will do it. Now, see, you have to understand a lot of people say, well, I can ask anything. No, not necessarily. Listen and know the word of God. And believe it says, you've got to believe in him. You've got to trust that word. Because when you begin to have that relationship, your will, the Bible tells us that we need to decrease while he increases. What happens is our will decreases, his will increases. There's a transformation. Now we trust and believe in the word. We pray the word. We pray the will of God. So then we begin to ask what the will of God is, and he tells us in our prayers so that whatever we ask in Jesus' name, he will do it because it's his will to do it. It's it's it's, it's simple. It's not hard. We've made it hard because of the lack of true teaching, 
the lack of getting into the word. We've made it so much about outside things, but this is eternal. The word of God is supernatural for you and I. Verse 15, if you love me, see, here we go. If you're going to ask anything, there's, there's, there's some things that we have to do. We have to love me. He says, if you love me, we have to keep his commandments. And I will pray the Father. This is powerful, okay? Because he wants us to draw on the relationship between him and the Father. And then he gives us someone else, someone else to help us draw in that relationship. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be, he may abide. Here we are. Abide that we may spend time in him, and that he may abide with you forever. Now, he's going to abide with you now. He says, you know, we're, we're going to look at this word abide. Where he's going to spend time, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because they neither seize him nor know him. See, we haven't seen him. They don't know him because there's no relationship on the outside. The relationship is on the inside through the power of Jesus Christ. Our salvation has given us an extended view of God and having an intimate relationship with him, okay? But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. See, that abiding is powerful. You, we're in him and he is in us, okay? And I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. See, this is why it is so important to involve and be engulfed in the leading of the power of the Holy Spirit in prayer, the word, your relationship. It, it, it means so much. Now, Romans, uh, let's, let's, no, let's say John, John 15, John 15, 4 through 11, John 15, 4 through 11. And see, these are scriptures that you need to know and have in your heart so that when things happen, you the Holy Spirit brings it back up so that you realize how much power and authority you have in your relationship with the Father. And now being obedient, you have power and authority to defeat the, 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 the enemy's tactics in every area of your life. Now, listen to listen here. Verse four, we're going 15. Verse 4 through 11, here, he, here it is, abide in me and I in you. The power of the Holy Spirit helps you to abide in Jesus Christ as he abides in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide rest in me, know me, have a relationship in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. See, here's the work, here's the application, okay? You have the word, you apply it, and when you apply it, you bear fruit, okay? For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. See, salvation allows us to abide in Jesus, and Jesus abides in us. His word abides. We're in him, so we have to act like it both naturally and spiritually that we are rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. Now, verse 17, if you abide in me, check this out now, come on now. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Here is our obedience factor, okay? You just can't ask God anything. It has to be according to the word of God. It says here, verse seven, very clearly, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. Understand something, the word of God is alive. 
It is alive in you. It is life. The word of God is Jesus Christ. It is alive. It is the truth. And I'm telling you the truth. If you abide in the truth and the truth abides in you, then you are free in Jesus. Your freedom is in Jesus. That abiding freedom, that abiding love, that abiding faith, everything is in your abiding, your relationship in Jesus Christ. Now, verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. See, part of discipleship is abiding in Jesus. Discipleship, you know, we, we put it all over, but being a disciple is being a disciple and loving and learning everything you need to know about Jesus, and that's every day. You're just, you being a disciple and you disciple others. Your relationship in Jesus Christ is powerful. And so you share your relationship with others. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ because you're obeying, you're abiding in him and he's abiding in you. You are abiding in his word and his words abide in you. You keep his commandment. You love him. All this is the power of being a disciple in Jesus Christ. Okay, everybody must come through discipleship. You must learn how to love Jesus and how much he loves you. You must learn how he, he, he shares with you through his word. Part of discipleship is, is reading and knowing and abiding in <clears throat> excuse me, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel, they teach you everything about Jesus Christ. That's the power of being a disciple and then discipling others. That's the power of it. Now, verse nine, verse nine, as the father loved me, I also love you. See, this relationship is powerful. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. See, again, the word will share with you. It proves that whatever Jesus tells you to do, he's already done it and glorified the father in it. There's proof. I'll read verse nine again, verse nine and 10. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. See, all this is the application. This is what should drive your purpose, your passion, being intentional, being persistent, being consistent, and having to apply what you know of God by faith. You apply it. You obey it, you trust it, and you apply it. That abiding in Jesus, that relationship. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. That my joy, the joy of Jesus, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It says again, these things I have spoken to you that my joy, that perfect, that perfect joy, undefiled joy that is in you may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Mm, that your joy. See, this is the relationship I, I want you to have and to thrive off of in the power of prayer. Okay, let's let's go. I got a couple more scriptures and we'll 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 deal with this. Romans 8, 26, 27. Now, in this relationship, in this relationship in prayer, you have help. Okay, you have help. You're never alone when you want to pray. You're never alone. The power of the Holy Spirit is always with you. Verses 26 and 27. Listen to this. Likewise, the Spirit Himself helps in our weaknesses. 
He helps you. He's there. That eternal, he abides in you and you abide in him. Okay, everything that we've just read through scripture is alive and it is in you. He brings it back to your remembrance. So when things happen to you, you have that joy, that peace. You have the power and authority of your relationship in God to deal with it face forward from the standpoint of being rooted and grounded in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You have been given power and authority to deal with it face up. It says here, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Listen to that carefully. The power of the Holy Spirit that sometimes we're in all, we're, we're all over the place. We don't know what we should pray, but the Holy Spirit is praying and interceding for you and me at any given time, any given time. Because listen to this, check the relationship. He's interceding for us, okay? Jesus Christ is interceding for us. Look at that relationship and the power of prayer. Look at that relationship, that deep supernatural relationship of intercession made for you. So what better way to be in there is to get into that closet, your prayer closet, and you pray. You can pray, you intercede for others, whatever. The Holy Spirit will guide you every step of the way, okay? And it reads here. Now he, now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, the Holy Spirit makes his intercession for us according to God's will, okay? So that relationship, I call it fourfold relationship. You have Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and you, and you are in relationship together. You have power and authority, but you don't know what you don't have if you don't study and get into the word. You have to get into the word to know what you have so that you can work what you have. The application of prayer is in relationship with the Father, and then the end of the prayer means I now have application. I have something to do because I've, I, I'm drawing on that relationship because a lot of times we pray against people, against things, but understand something. If something is broken, God wants to fix it. You're praying that he fix it, but you have to be the willing vessel that he wants to work through. So then that means that sometimes he changes our prayers. He changes our prayers through the intercession of the Holy Spirit and also through the time we will spend in intimate relationship with God. Because you may, I may, we may be the very ones, the change agents that he wants to use to make things better for the body of Christ and the whole world. So you can't rule that out. We can go complain, 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 but after we've complained, what are we to do? You have to understand that relationship in prayer is powerful, and it is for every believer. Every believer can have this relationship between them and God. And now, one thing I share with you, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse Corinthians chapter two is, a, is, is something that is very strong that we also need to deal with because we need to know the word of God. You need to know, you need to study the word of God. You need to have your Bible, pencil and paper because everything, everything, you know, we, 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 we quote this thing, everything rises and falls on leadership. You got good leaders, you got nasty, you got bad leaders, you got all kinds of leadership, not only at the top, but all the way down to the bottom. 
But as believers, everything rises in Jesus. Everything rises in Jesus. Everything rises. If you got an issue, I guarantee you, you take it to Jesus. He's going to want to talk to you about that issue. Okay, that's why we need to understand having a relationship with Jesus Christ in Jesus, in God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, helps us overbe the overcomers that we are. See, the value, your value or your DNA is in Jesus Christ. Your value is in your salvation. It's the love of God that's in you that makes you valuable. You are somebody in Jesus. Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. Okay? No matter what someone tells you, no matter what the enemy continues to tell you, you need to know that you know that you know that the love of Jesus Christ is alive inside of you. You are loved. You are somebody. He died for you. He rose for you. He intercedes for you. And I want you to be able to take it personally. Okay, the power of prayer, getting in that relationship is real. It is real. So let's this last scripture we're going to deal with. And, and it's it's first uh, Corinthians chapter two. Now, I'll read verse nine and ten. But I want you to to go all the way down to 16. OK, but I'm going to read just nine and ten because I want you to get this because I've heard this. And I want you to understand, you need to know the word of God. You need to know, because verse 9 says, verse 9 says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So that means your eye has not seen it, nor your ears hear, heard it nor has it entered into your heart. I've heard people shout all about that. For what? That's nothing. It's nothing. You're not getting anything. But the shouting and the inside of you should rejoice for verse 10. Not nine, but 10. It says, but. It stops nine. And it gives you a glorious verse 10. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit, it for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. See, what happens is the spirit knows the heart of God. It searches what God wants for you. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, and he reveals it to you. See, this is why relation, prayer and relationship is so important. It is so important because you and I need to have this relationship. We need to grow in Jesus. What better way to grow in Jesus is by studying the word, Bible study, all of this, writing down, and then entering it into prayer. Entering it into God, entering an intimate, sustainable relationship, an intimate, sustainable, supernatural, eternal relationship with your creator, which we call Abba Father. Jesus Christ, the word, the power, the, the intimate relationship through the power of prayer. So when you pray, just understanding, understand this, your expectation should be to get into an intimate relationship with the Father. Not only that he hears you, but that you hear him. We always talk, I mean, there's many books, already, well, God hears your prayer. Yes, he does. But do you hear his voice? When was the first, when was the last time you heard his voice? It's important because if you have not heard his voice, then how can you do his will? And we always talk about the blessing, but the blessings come with obedience, obedience to the will of God. That's why it's not really good to pray, oh, bless them, oh, bless them. No, pray the word. 
And one of the things I share with you today, we see all this political stuff. I tell you over and over, if you want to understand politics, if you want to understand a politician, <clears throat> go to the dictionary, define it. Anything, all this mumble jumble that, that's not in the dictionary is sin. We bring it in and we always complain, oh, this is political. No, it's not. It's not political. What happens is we just don't understand the power of God that is working inside of us. It is so godly important to know what God is doing in our hearts. Because if we don't know, then we're in trouble. We're the ones that are supposed to be victorious. We are, should know, know, know how great God is. So as we continue to, to work this thing, uh, excuse me. Uh, we, we have to, listen, I just got word that there might be a little bit of echo. So if y'all can catch that, I know I'm at the end, but we have to understand that the blessings of God, and sometimes there are challenges, you know, there are challenges. And as we pray, how many of us know that we can go through these challenges and make it happen, make it work? regardless of the distraction, everything. How can we do that? Because we have a relationship with the Father. Your relationship matters. Your obedience matters. Everything matters. So we have to continue to be strong in Jesus, strong in the Lord. The power of prayer, the power of prayer is so godly important. God cares for you. He loves you. It's in his word. Jesus talked about, we went through the scriptures. Listen, I want you to read John chapter 17, how much Jesus loves us, how much God loves us. John chapter three, John 3, 16 and 17. You need to know how much God loves you. When you get a chance, I want every believer, everybody to open up the book of John. And look what Jesus is saying. Open the book, open the gospel of John and just take time, abide in the word and allow the word to abide in you. Allow that relationship to get stronger and stronger daily. Take notes, jot it down, live by it. Watch God move through you. Watch him move through you in everything that you do. We sing songs, how great God is, and God is going to do that. He is, but don't you understand, when you read your word from the Old Testament, New, New Testament, God loves to do things through his people, through his people. We are his witnesses. We are his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece, his arms. We, because he has chosen us, he loves us, and he wants to work through us. We have to get off the bench and do the work. We have to get on our jobs and do as unto Jesus. Look at Colossians chapter three. We do all things as unto the Lord. Whatever you're doing, you're doing unto the Lord. Why? Because of your relationship, your relationship in Jesus. Amen. And, and I tell you, you know, I, I want you to share it all over, all over the world. Okay, share it. I don't know sometimes what Facebook does, <clears throat> but whatever it does, it's doing it. And I'm trusting God that millions of people will hear this teaching and desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, with the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, through the power of prayer, that they will rise to every occasion in victory, knowing that they're rooted and grounded in Jesus. So share it all over. Comments, everything. Blessings. Love you. See you next week, Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, coming from Bedford, Texas. Fishbowl Radio Network, signing out. Blessings. Blessings.